Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and as ever, zooming her way into the Women's Rugby Pod, safely from home, is Rachel Burford. How are you, Burf? I'm really good, thanks, Johnny. Uh, had a really good, busy, productive weekend. What about you? Have you? What What was that doing? The celebrating VE Day? Making cakes? Seems, seems like the entire population made either a Victoria sponge or, or scones. Do you know what? I missed that boat. It was only after. I was like, oh my God, that was, would have been the easiest thing to do for VE Day. Um, but we did do a little barbecue out the front. Um, I was just one of the neighbours. Um, posted a letter to all do a street party where we're in our front gardens so it's quite nice because we're new to this area so it's nice to say hello to our neighbours across the way from a social distance uh, safe zone no doubt yeah well we didn't leave our front garden and they didn't leave theirs so we were all very sensible about it but it was nice just to kind of break the mould and actually you know plan something and look forward to it before all the VD, V-Day celebrations um we got involved in a uh, a cool little project, didn't we, with uh, with Adam Zolte at the Women's Rugby Show, the YouTube channel. Yeah, it does a show every single week on on the uh, on the Premier Fifteens. We were choosing, uh, doing some awards, and of course the the team of the season. Uh, there's a few criteria in there. I think it's important to to say that, isn't it? You had to play a certain amount of games. So there's there's quite a few of uh, of you England bods uh, not involved, but it was great fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good um, to kind of look over. I've never really thought about looking at different players like that and singling them out in a clubs in a club scenario. So it was quite cool to go through the players and, and you know to pull out some of the players that don't get the praises and the shout outs and you know all the positivity in the limelight because um, they just don't because there's you know internationals that overshadow them. So it was really nice to you know support those players and actually tell people about them um, and get them excited about watching those players next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, going through the front row, I think second rows have came out yesterday. So, um, yeah, do, you do, do grab that um, on the Women's Rugby Show, uh, YouTube and uh, on all their socials as well. The, the only worrying thing for me about it was that you and I agreed on quite a few. So um, that was worrying. We, we thought today we'd... Uh, we had a little chat, didn't we, or just before the weekend and, and said... Why don't we just just take a little bit of breath? Obviously, have a look at the uh, the news and reasonably significant news uh, close to home for you in terms of Harlequins. But um, we're just going to have a, a almost take a little bit of a breath. We have got Atlanta from Harlequins uh, who heads up the women's program there, obviously to reflect on the on the news. And we've got a real treat coming up later, as Berth names it. What does she name? Da-da-da. Anyway, on to that big news. Um, Gary Street, uh, a man who... Am I right in saying that you have been coached by him by... Or certainly coached by him intermittently for something like 20 years. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The first time I was ever coached by Gary was when I was 13 years old at a England performance camp and where he told me at that time that if I worked hard, I would play for England one day. Well, it can't be 20 years then, surely. No, yeah. I if think it was the first time, it was 13. Yeah, exactly. He got it wrong. It's only like 10. Oh, I, I was going the other way. All oh, right, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, you cheeky. <laughs> Oof. 
<laughs> oh, I just remember we're recording. <laughs> yeah, there's no, yeah, and I, and I edit it. So, uh, yeah. No, look, uh, Gary Street, uh, co-head coach um, of Harlequins Women. I'm reading from the, 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 the press release now. Um, has accepted a role at Harlequins, academy coach, development manager, and DPP coordinator, making a switch after four years with the Harlequins Women programme. Street's co-head coach, Karen Finley, superintendent task force in the Met Police, open bracket, basically running London during this uh, incredible time, close bracket, will continue with the programme in the role of forwards coach. As such, Harlequins Willem will be heading into the next three-year part of the Tyrrells Premier 15s League with a new full-time head coach in line with the promising new steps being taken within women's club rugby. Um, Look, why don't we get your reaction off the back of, of talking to Atlanta, um, Atlanta St. John. Uh, let's get her on the line, the lady who heads up the Harlequins Women's Programme. <laughs> very, very warm welcome, a big warm WRP welcome to uh, Atlanta St. John, the, the lady who heads up the Women's Programme at Harlequins. Thank you very, very much for, for joining us. Um, first of all, how's, how's lockdown for you? Lockdown's all right, but like many people, definitely missing missing rugby. These guys keep me on my toes, you know, the 60, 60 players and all the staff. Um, and it's like herding cats, but I do miss them. And I miss I miss Match Day, as Berth likes to call me. I'm, I'm a super fan, so I miss watching them. And, you know, obviously, we would have hopefully been in the business end of the season, the semi-finals, which should have been played last Saturday. So, you know, we were on track for that when the season was suspended and, it's disgusting. We missed out on a few of our biggest matches and we love playing at the Stoop. Um, not just the game changer, but we had a big match over at Sarries. Obviously, you should have hopefully had a, a home semi depending on results. And I love get, I love when these guys play at the Stoop. It's such an important day for us, regardless of the mat, match or event. And it's just a shame to have not finished the season as we all have wanted. Um, and it was pretty bright as well, obviously. It was, it was kind of within a few days, I felt like, the bearer of bad news, I sent about three big emails in a week about the league and, and how rugby had suddenly sort of been suspended. And it's it's pretty hard to then also not be, you know, seeing anyone for, for now what's been a pretty length of time. Um, you know, and this is great. This is great talking to people. But, yeah, it's, it's hard when you're not kind of interacting, having kind of seen each other every day <laughs> for months on end. Yeah, on and off the field, rugby is a, is, is a tactile game, isn't it? And... Um... I certainly think, yeah, certainly missing that kind of element of it. Aside from anything else, for, for me, that they were going to be the most competitive semi-finals. Um, you know, Loughborough were coming up on the rails like a, you know, like a grand national yeah. winner. Um, and that, that fight, that battle between Ross and, and Gloucester to get that fourth spot was intriguing. But it, yeah, for, for me, from a purely a rugby point of view, they, they were going to be the best playoffs um, that, that we'd had. Sadly, obviously, uh, obviously, obviously gone now. Um, Allowed to be, Outside of work, was obviously keeping you busy managing birth. I, I, I know. I'm in that, that boat myself. That's the I thought. am here. I am oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. Ooh, uh, awkward. Um, of course, I knew you were there. I can, I can see exactly why I said it because, you know, it's a big joke. Uh, but no, I, have, have you been doing anything else? So, uh, Burst being learning to juggle. To be honest, I um, unfortunately I am in a flat with no garden, which obviously limits 
sort of the stuff that I can do. But uh, I used to do quite a lot of sport myself, so keeping fit. I've got a chronically bad back, even though I'm I'm not super old. So unfortunately, if I don't stay active, it causes me no end of trouble. So definitely been doing a fair bit of workouts. I've actually done a few of the Harlequin women's workouts. I'm not anywhere near fit enough to keep up with them, but it's been good to see what they've been doing and, and kind of follow them. Um, yeah, maybe I need to go on to some of those lockdown skills now even though I'm not a rugby player. <laughs> so I need to... You can still try them. I'll be, asked, I'll be asked to politely leave the lockdown squad because it would <laughs> be a severe lack of skills going on. Oh, I think the fact that you're in a flat, you might destroy some of your, yeah, your yeah. items around the place. <laughs> not having any chucking a rugby ball around. But yeah, just trying to keep myself entertained. Um, I actually live not too far from Twickenham. So I'm very lucky to have Bushy Park near me and just trying to get out and about as much as possible. And... Um, yeah, keeping keeping ways to stay sane and and webinars. You know, I'm, webinar. I'm doing a lot of webinars. I've been selling out a lot of uh, sort of learning and development stuff for our players. I'm very passionate about that. It's very important to me that players are having stuff going on outside of rugby. So I'm not sure any of them read my emails. They love when I send an email. But I've been sending out everything from business webinars to coaching, um, sort of CPD TikTok. to just general insight. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok strategy guides. That was pretty good. So we've had a few players join TikTok because, um, hey, you go back to the bottom line, the more people we know about our players, the more people are probably going to come to our games. There is some there is some thinking behind it. But, uh, yeah, for me, that kind of all over welfare is quite important. And I'm, I love the fact these guys have got some very cool businesses. Um, I think that's a pretty important part of women's rugby right now. So kind of anything I can do to help them with that is is great. And Birth will know more. Half of them probably don't even open my emails, but Birth, I know, has looked at a few of them, which is good. Good stuff. <laughs> good. Uh, and uh, when, when, when do we... Delete. <laughs> uh, when, uh, when, when can we expect your uh, your TikTok entry? I'm too old, Johnny. Too old. But uh, always will support. That's, always will support. That's terrible. You cannot be that older than... That's terrible advice that you're giving I've already, I've already got... You're never too old. old. I've already got a work Instagram. That's you know that's where I talk about these guys all the time and and share all my Super stuff. Because it's yeah exactly. But the kids are on Instagram, so you got to you got to go with them so they see you. But guess what you can do on TikTok? You can duet with players. <laughs> that's next level for you. Yeah. Well, I have to be honest. I think Anna Anna Copeless and Chloe Edwards from our squad are leading the way on TikTok. They're doing some pretty impressive dance moves. So um, I think Bertha said she'll do one next. I'm just waiting for her. To, yeah, Jess keeps sending me the videos to learn, and I'm like, no. I'm going to need like a whole day to do that, and I just don't have a whole day to learn it. Although another suggestion could be you guys doing a duet. That would be pretty. Anyway, be moving pretty fun, moving swiftly, uh, moving swiftly on. Um, she said she never played rugby. Those are the quickest hands I've ever seen. I'm suggesting you might do a TikTok straight to birth with about zero point four seconds. That is extraordinary <laughs> management. Um, yeah, we haven't got the time, Beth, have we? We're we're entertaining the, the masses with um, eighty-four pods a week, so unfortunately, we can't. We can't. Yeah, Beth's a busy woman. She's a very busy woman. Uh, I'll sing a duet with you, Beth. You made me sing at the live pod, so I'm, I'm happy to do that. Beth, what's your <laughs> okay. singing voice like? Uh-huh. Right. Okay. We can beatbox. You've heard a bit of that this morning. Um, anyway, Atlanta. Enough of uh, the. Uh, the general, uh, the general catch up. Um, there is some, obviously, some some big news has come out. Um, Gary Street, we just explained, 
to to the listeners and just read out some of the uh, the, the press release uh, that he's moved moved um, to a different role at the club, uh, which I think is fabulous for for Harlequins. I think uh, he's such a personable coach, one of the best man managers I've yeah. ever come across, um, and actually in a in a youth role like that, a pathway role. Where um, yeah, it can be quite brutal at times. Um, I think he'll be exceptional. But of course, being one of the best, if not the best, uh, coaches that's ever coached the game, um, to obviously to a World Cup final win in 2014. That's it's obviously a bit, bit of a loss for Harlequins, uh, the the women's program. Um, just wanted to just have your sort of reflections on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that first and foremost, what him and Karen have achieved. Um, over the last four years, and you know, the Tyrrells has been there for three, but we actually formed sort of the year before that. They have been instrumental, and without a doubt, we wouldn't be where we are without them. And I think we've shared, you know, some pretty special um, moments together in terms of, you know, I know Beth <laughs> jokes about being a super fan, but there's been some pretty special moments where, you know, I think this Christmas alone, running out of Twickenham in front of that kind of crowd and what we've done around the game changer they've been integral to that um and they they've been monumental we wouldn't we wouldn't have built some of the foundations i think for gary i think what's important to to sort of mention is he has actually had a split role um the last couple of years he's actually had a role in the academy so it's not a completely sort of 180 um he's been balancing both roles and as you can imagine that's a hell of a task a hell of a lot of demand particularly with academy where they're very much actually not centred around the Surrey Sports Park. They need to be out, as you guys know, in the grassroots, in the clubs, in the schools, finding that next bit, um, sort of talent. And the, the poor man was working a Tuesday, Thursday, but would probably be doing a few other evenings at the academy. You know, and there's, there's a bit of a lifestyle change, which I'm really excited for him because he, I think he drove pretty much across the southeast of England on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, he's, he's moving into a role that he's, he's already been doing in, in many regards. Um, and for us, you know, with the new league coming in, there's obviously a few sort of changes coming around, um, kind of hours required, and, you know, the game is only going in one direction, and it's getting busier and busier. Um, I certainly, I think we all, all the staff, put a hell of a lot of time and effort into this women's programme, because we want to make sure we're at the front forefront of this game, and, you know, the demands of balancing both roles, it kind of reached a natural point where, where there was an opportunity for him to come into the academy, um, and go into his current role on a full-time basis. And it's kind of allowed us to to look at the kind of structure um, on the women's side. But you know, he's literally going to... I don't even think he's moving desks. And we sit we sit beside each other. So I know full well that he's going to be very much present. He's going to, of course, kind of keep an eye on the girls. He, he wants to keep kind of coaching them where he can and, and just keeping in with them. So actually, it would be really nice to kind of have another advocate within the wider part of the, the club. You know, he's going to be a huge fan of us, isn't he? He's going to sing our praises and, and back us all the way. So that's that's really nice that he's going to stay part of the family. I spoke to to Streeter yesterday just because, you know, over the years we, we, we've become friends. I just wanted to congratulate him and, and, and what have you. Um, he's still going to be around the club and he's one of these people, isn't he? If you walk past with a ball, he'll probably ask you to throw it to him and then he'll, the next thing, 10 minutes later, you're doing a full sort of scrum half session outside. He, he's one of those, isn't he? And, and him around the club... He, that initial loss for someone you know, who you, know, you you've been coached by him for going to nigh on twenty years, um, that that loss is not not quite so great because he's still going to be in and around and still in the quarters. 
Yeah, I think, you know, Atlanta said, you know, the work that he's done over the years to to get us into the credible place that we're in, it is a real shame. And when he did call me and tell me, I was a little bit like lost for words. I think I was silent for a minute and then was kind of like, oh, congratulations on your new role. Um, because like Atlanta, I'm happy for him. But also at the same time, you know, he was doing so much trying to do both roles. You know, that comes into your point there, Johnny, where you're saying if you walk past him, you know, he's always going to offer support, help. Um, he'll be in a position where he'll probably go above and over again and he'll try and do too much or he'll be offering services where he'll be like, it's all right, Gary. Um, so, yeah, it is going to be a huge loss, but we know his, um, you know his background in women's sport and women's rugby. He's not going to disappear. He's going to be around, whether you like it or not, and whether he's just going to bowl into a meeting room with a chair balancing off his chin um, to see that side of him as well. Um, yeah, it is going to be a big loss um, for us, but I'm, you know, optimistic about what's going to be happening, what's um, coming. You know, it's such an attractive opportunity, um, and I'm sure Atlanta might let in a little bit about, you know, applications I'm sure are going to come flooding in. Um, so, you know, as, as sad as it is to see him go from the side, he's still going to be about, but it also, you know, it's an exciting journey ahead of us now. Yeah, I'll just, just go pick, pick up on that. Uh, it, it is a massive hole. I don't think we, 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 we can't move away from that, it, such as uh, Gary's ability uh, as a coach, which we mentioned before. But what an attractive hole for someone to fill, Atlanta. Yeah, it's massive. I think, um, you know, it's a sign of the times. It's it's where the game is evolving to that, you know, I say this with all due modesty. I think it's one of the biggest jobs in women's women's rugby to kind of ever have happened because of where we're going. And, and hopefully we've some of that is because of some of the stuff that Quinns have, have tried to do. You know, I'm not a rugby coach, but I can imagine running out to seven and a half thousand people or or the huge crowds and the pyrotechnics we like to do is going to make that job incredibly attractive. We're no longer talking about kind of can you crop up, rock up, but Tuesday, Thursday will give you you give you some travel expenses. Like we're saying, this is a full time job, and we want to absolutely continue to develop our program to make sure we're we're leading the way. Um, for us, we're really committed to to not just be a leader in women's rugby, but women's sport. And we want we want someone who's going to come in. Karen Finley is, is going to play an integral role to this whole thing. She, you know, you can see the strength and the depth of our forwards alone, that she is so important to us going forward. And, you know, I think we're excited to see what combination comes up from the applications. And as Berth touched on, yeah, we've had applications. It's only been open a few days, I'll caveat. <laughs> we've had applications from around the world. Um, what's exciting it's men it's women I think it's really important that we see what women are, are out there to see what opportunities there may be we want to make sure that we're we're kind of developing female coaches of the future um, and it's yeah it's exciting to see the people who are applying and, and the size of the role that, that people are recognizing it to be and meaning they're putting their hand up to, to come and have a chat with us yeah I wouldn't disagree with you uh, at all in terms of Women's club rugby, yeah, yeah. Simply, I don't think there is a, a, a bigger role out there. You're, you're spearheading, driving the women's club game um, for all the world to see. Um, Karen will will provide that continuity for you. Obviously, basically being in charge of London at the moment. Um, her taking yeah, on, yeah, she's pretty, she's a pretty impressive woman. <laughs> surely, so yeah, that's a fairly obvious from the outside looking in. Fairly obvious that she wouldn't take the head role uh, purely for herself. Um, she and Gary, of course, go back many, many years professionally and very, very personally as well. That's been a been a great combination. Do you do you have a a wish list, at Atlanta, in terms of 
who comes in. Is there certain criteria? You, you mentioned there, men, women. Um, is there a wish list at this at this time? No, I think look, it's 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 going to be a tough role. You know, the league that we're going into is going to be seriously competitive. And look, let's not not to be wrong about it. We've obviously been pretty decent on the pitch, <laughs> but it's only going to continue to get tougher. Um, you know, I think there'll be a lot more international players eventually able to play in this league and I mean from outside of Europe so you know that standard is only going to continue to rise and with the reduction to the one the one sort of league and one team you're going to have players in every squad fighting to, to get selected every weekend so that skill level the fitness the commitment is going to continue to drive so it's a huge role in that regard I think what's important to note is that of course they need to be an absolutely stellar coach but there is so much more behind that role, you know, not to suck all the fun out of it, but there's going to be admin, there's going to be operational planning and logistics, you know, they're going to need to work with me as well as the wider staff to make sure that, that when we get to rugby training time, we're good to go, when we can just hit the field and, and get on with it, but it, it isn't just coaching anymore, it, it's absolutely, um, you know, a very multifaceted role, and I think you look at some of the other head coaches in the league who, who may not have the same kind of, uh, sort of size of, of staff in place, some of what they do is absolutely incredible. You know, some of them are leading on marketing and strategy and, and, you know, then they're trying to do the actual rugby elements. And hopefully what we can offer is a really strong infrastructure that, that they, of course, lead on the coaching, but they're certainly going to have to be kind of um, pretty organised and, and ready to go on a lot of stuff to make sure when I say we hit the pitch, we're, we're good to go and everything behind that. And Berth, Berth knows, you know, we're obviously going to have a smaller squad, but you put... 70, 80 people who are ready to go, you know, mostly arriving at five o'clock in the evening and you need to get a good session in by 9pm. You, you don't have a lot of contact time with some of our players. And so you've got to make sure that, that when they're on site and they're in their, their training gear, we're getting the best out of them. And quite a lot of them, not a lot of contact time week in, week out. What are then your top three qualities you're looking for in your coach? Well, that's a good question. Uh, Berth needs to answer this question as well, by the way, after me. But it can, um, be, a, it can be a joint one. Yeah, it can be a joint one. Look, they've got to be, you know, they've got to be a confident leader, but they've got to ready. They've got to be ready to work with with such a load of different personalities and, and, and people. That, that's the most important thing. Um, I think I want to see, I want to see passion and energy, like. I, I truly mean it, and my role is very much geared. I want us to be a leader in women's sport, and I need someone who's going to be on board with that with me because I think it, it absolutely filters down to the players. What our players are brought into, and you know, I am forever asking them to push the message and do content and, and get behind us. And you know, the likes of having Berth on our ranks, you know, she's a pretty pretty big name in women's rugby, and and that's that's important for us. And I want someone. <laughs> I want someone who's going to bring that passion and enthusiasm. And they may not have a history in women's rugby. That, that is a reality. But they, they want to see the excitement and the, the kind of willingness to go, I recognise that this is quite a unique and special opportunity. Because five, five, ten years down the road, women's rugby is going to be the norm. It's going to be, yeah, we're used to the big crowds. We're used to kind of having that performance infrastructure. We're still coming out of that first era where, where it hasn't always been that way. And I think, you know, someone who's, who's totally brought into that is pretty key. Um, you know, Karen lives and breathes that. We need to have someone come on board with her that, that's going to 100% be brought into it. I yeah. agree with those. And I, for me, the, there's a couple of things like 
they've got to be really personal ball about the people that they work with. You talk about making it count, the time that you have with the players. It's about knowing them as individuals, knowing what works for them, knowing what motivates them. And being in a full-time position with little time um, is a really difficult skill to have. And it's about how quickly you can kind of accelerate that. But that's probably like on a personal side of things. But then I think as all players, they just, and as Atlanta said, it doesn't matter whether you've come from a job you haven't. If you've got the knowledge, you've got you understand the game, you have the depth and the detail around it, and you can um, execute that over to the players. That's all that matters uh, for players, and they want to feel like they're getting better, they're learning more, they're being challenged. Um, that's the the sort of qualities that I would like to see, and and they're the kind of maybe the things that I hope I can be as a coach. You know, it's quite personable and know my stuff, and if I don't know it, go and find out about it. Just had an amazing idea. The women's rugby pod. We could apply jointly, Beth. <laughs> yeah, we've got energy. You can't play those personal skills. I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I don't have any knees, but I mean, what's wrong with that? You got to work with Jock. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to apply. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've, I've seen. I, I've seen some of the looks she walks back into the changing with. No, look, she's. Uh, She's an outstanding, uh, outstanding leader. What she's doing at the moment is uh, is, is quite incredible. So, uh, no, she she's great to work with. And yeah, I think flashed. that that continuity is going to be important. And the fact that she knows the players so well, whether it's you know from Richmond days or, or Harlequins days, that's that's going to be really, really important. Atlanta, thank you very much for for giving us a, a little bit of a background into that. All the very, very best of luck with your with your search. When is the where's the deadline? Close. Uh, the deadline is the 22nd of May, so we've got about what was that, about 10 days left. So it opened on Friday, so it's, it's open for 10 more days. But yeah, you know, if anyone wants to, to apply, please do so. As I said, it's a massively exciting role and, um, you know, we're sharing it pretty far and wide. And as I said, the fact it's kind of got some global attention in terms of applicants, that's, that's massively exciting. Yeah. I think that's just such a big shift, isn't it? Like from where we've been, we talk about, you know, great opportunities for players, but now it's like, this is just a great role in rugby. It's not yeah. like, oh, this is a great women's job or great women's role. Yeah. It's just actually anybody's going to be looking in going, why would I not want to head up a team that's in yeah. that position, you know, at the same venue as a man, work alongside or whatever. Like, I just think it's amazing how far the sports come. As It's always been about the players and the playing opportunities and but now it's like, well, actually, there's coaching opportunities, there's referees, yeah. there's physios, there's, you know, people like yourself, head of women's rugby, all these roles now yeah. that are available in, in the game, yeah, exist and yeah. are attractive. They're not just, oh, well, I might give that a go. It's like, I really want to be in that position yeah. to be a part of that. And it's, like, it's a it's a full-time role. You know, I should clarify that we mean it's a full-time role. It is not a get there at four o'clock on a Tuesday, Thursday. You know, this is a <clears throat> this is a full-time full-time job and as Berth said those haven't always existed and and for us you know hopefully the chance to work for a club like Quinn's you know pretty old club now 157 years old 58 years old you know hopefully that is an exciting exciting itself the steep is a great place to play and that coach is going to have the opportunity to, to very much kind of be involved in the in the big events so kind of Berth nailed on the head there that this is this is a new era, and we're excited to be to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely, very exciting time to to, to be involved with Premier Fifteens. 
And right at the forefront uh, of that, I think it says it all that you're getting applicants from, from around the world and, it, and it's men and women that uh, speaks volumes for, for where Harlequin's Women Programme is. So um, without blowing too much smoke in your Twickenham direction, um, well well done you. Um, keep keeping on and thank you so much for joining us today and giving us a little bit of background and, and uh, insight to, to the Gary Street position and, and, and moving forward for Harlequin. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Atlanta St. John, for joining us. Take care and keep Thanks, safe. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'm Sarah Hedonate, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Great to have Atlanta uh, on the pod. She speaks uh, very, very well, doesn't she? I know she's doing some great things with the, with the Harlequins Women Programme. They're, they're very lucky to, to have her. But as she was saying there, look, it is a loss, isn't it? Um, can't hide away from that. But with somebody going creates an opportunity and, and what what uh, as we were saying there, what an incredibly attractive opportunity it is just just your personal reflections uh, beyond what you said when Atlanta was on the line berth yeah I think you know Gary's had such a big involvement in women's rugby for so many years you know he's coached me for 20 years um, and you know it it's not just what he does on the field. It's he does so much off the field with players. Um, I certainly know that a lot of my confidence came from Gary's support over the years and just allowing players to express themselves. And I'm sure that he's not going to go too far. I know he'll be. It's really good for him to be able to just focus on one of his roles. You know, I don't think anybody really knew that he was doing two two halves of, of roles, one with the academy and with the women. Now he can really focus on one of those and put all of his efforts into that. Can, can I do, I mean, I just wanted to stop you there. They're not half roles. They're both full roles. Um, yeah, and, I, and I think it is a, it is a really important point that, uh, that you're making, reiterating from, from Atlanta. He was basically doing two full roles. So, um, you know, he, he's a man who... Love spending time with his family, but you know that that is that is one of the sacrifices of doing doing what he's done over over the years. And actually, to to, to concentrate on one role um, will allow him a little bit more time with his family, of course. Yeah, and I think you know sometimes you move from one position because it's in a really good place. And obviously, Gary's done a lot of work over the years in women's rugby and. You know, you probably ask him 10, 15 years ago, do you reckon women's rugby at club level would be anywhere near it where it is now? And he'd probably be like, no. So, you know, he feels that it's at a stage where he can, you know, walk away from it. And when I say walk away, I mean that he's taking other opportunities. He's not going to turn his back on women's rugby and not support it and be, you know, a great advocate of, of the game and of people in it. But, you know, he feels it's in a really strong place and, and he's been part of making it in the position that it's in. Yeah, I agree. Very, very, very fond of the man personally uh, uh, and professionally. We wish him best of luck in his new role. We asked Atlanta about the top three qualities she liked the the new head coach at Harlequins Women's to to have. What three things would be at the top of the to do list for you, Rachel Berth Perfington? I guess they need the first thing they need to do is kind of come in and get to know the players and the people and the staff they're going to be working with. I think. Beyond that, it's it's not relevant straight away. I think they need to understand individuals, understand how the club works, what's happened before, how things have operated before, um, and then bring their own stamp and want to put their own vision on it. 
but jointly with, you know, Karen who's been there for such a long time and is integral to what we do going forward. Um, but I think that's probably, you know, the, when you start any new role, you need to get to know who you're working with, the people, understand them, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Um, and then, and obviously working with the staff as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for me, and I'm certainly not expecting you to, to react off the back of this one, you know, some, yeah, some big personalities in there, and I think that's that's going to be going to be key. You know, Gary and Karen worked exceptionally well. Very good yin and yang, and that's that's a re, for me a really really important dynamic going forward. Um, you know, Karen is very established, huge reputation in the league, not just with Harlequins, has the ear of most players, and and actually that um, that dynamic is hugely important for, for Harlequins going forward. So, yeah, if you haven't heard, Harlequins are looking for a new head coach. Um, and if you fancy it, then uh, do pop your CV into them. It's uh, a wonderful opportunity. I'm Jill Burns, and you're listening to the wonderful Women's Rugby Pod. Yeah, the thing I wanted to, to chat to you uh, about, Berth, was um, Sarah Heaney. A, I, I listened back, because it's always useful, isn't it, um, to listen back to, to your own stuff. Um, but she was fascinating. I just I was just really enthralled by by everything she said. And she's she's active uh, over in New Zealand doing doing a few they've got lockdown nation series I I believe going. Um she found out she was a I mean we didn't even mention the fact that she was a, a pilot. She's an Yeah, she kept woman. a few things from us actually. So her dog, Booker, has his own Instagram account. And I messaged her being like, I can't believe you didn't tell us about this. And she's like, I know, but I can't believe I'm that person that has an Instagram that's just for their dog. Um, and then the other thing was the fact that she's um, learning to fly planes. Uh, as you do. Amazing. A la Richie McCaw. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, you even sounded like her then. Was that, was that a deliberate impression? No. I was good. Strong. Cuzzy bro. Yeah, no, she was um, she was re- 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 really great fun. Yeah, we've had some really good guests on, haven't we? We're sort of approaching the the, the forty mark um, in terms of sort of regular pods going out, and obviously a, a few others as well in there. Who've who've been your your top guests? And I don't mean sort of on, on a personal level, but um, who have you been most in, intrigued by? Oh God, loads. Um, I really enjoyed um, the one with Street, actually, just <laughs> reliving the 2014, as I've forgotten so many of those great memories. Um, do you know what was really special was chatting to Skaz just after she won uh, World Player of the Year out in Japan. That was pretty cool. Um, and and Seven's Player of the Year, talking to Ruby Tui in South Africa. She's just like a breath of fresh air chatting to her. But probably one of the funniest ones is probably when we had Jess Breach and Leanne on. They were pretty funny, the duo, just quite catty at one another but um in a lovable way so i i couldn't nail it down to one yeah so, no, I, I good to have doubles on isn't it the, the cleo twins were, were good fun very early on jay cronkle and, and chloe Rowley had the same kind of vibe to them as well they were they were great fun for me coming up we put some requests in media sort of blanket um, silence has been, been, been removed i understand so um, yeah, we were going to have that that chat with Nicky Ponsford, weren't we, about um, the Premier 15s now with the, with the two new teams? So we're yeah, we're waiting to hear back from uh, from from them to get to, to get Nicky back on the pod. Bill Beaumont's coming on as well, Berth, the newly yeah, re-elected, okay. we should say, re-elected chairman of World Rugby. 
Bill's coming on. And Adjit Ruggiero, uh, of course, member of the World Rugby Council. So, um, yeah, some, uh, some exciting guests coming up. We're rolling on in the lockdown situation. Tell you what also I've enjoyed doing at birth is, uh, is, is those little mini-series with, with people's all-time 15s, whether it be a, an all-time World 15 or all-time England 15. Be some really fascinating stuff uh, in there. Great, as always, to chat to the, the likes of uh, Jill Burns. And Bird, of course, Lisa Burgess, uh, Rachel Taylor in there as well. Spencer, the author, the well-known author now, of course, Catherine Spencer. Rocky's always great, great fun. And this Sunday, um, none, other, none other, and this Sunday, none other than the England Red Roses captain, Sarah Hunter. So, yeah, look out for that Sunday morning to see who Sarah picks in her all-time 15. Open bracket, no England players allowed, close bracket. Cop out. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Cop out from Sunday. Don't upset any of their friends. Okay, fine. Um, I asked you, well, let's put you on the spot then. Um, I asked you before lockdown, just thinking of ideas, to possibly put together uh, an all-time World 15, an all-time England 15. You've probably had a little bit of time to think about that now. So let's do an all-time England 15, should we, um, Rachel Burford, and see yeah. who, see who you, um, your stipulations and whether you cop out or not. <laughs> well, to be fair, I thought it'd be too easy to kind of do current players, like current international players. So I thought I would go on the theme of players that I've played with, either club or country. Um, so straight in there, number one, Rocky Clark. Nobody beats her. Hang on, well, I know she's still playing. I said internationally. I said internationally. Yeah, so you can put your pen down, instead pointing it at me. Nobody can see that on Zoom. On listening to a pod. Your attention to detail is what makes you great. It's a pencil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, just so yeah, I'm clear. And- just so I'm clear. So, this is England qualified players who have been capped but are no longer being capped. Just so we're all clear. Yes. Lovely. Yep. So, number one, your loose head of your all time, Rachel Burford's all time England 15, open bracket. Players who've been capped but no longer internationally recognised, as it were. Your loose head is Rocky Clark. Rocky Clark. Who's your tight head? You scrum doctor, you. Ness Gray. Oh, horrible person to play against. I've got a mean front row. Ness Gray. Nessie Gray. Where did you oh, play? One of the toughest people. Oh my god! Honestly, this generation of players don't know what they were up at. like. They got it so easy compared to when a few of us went into the England team to start with. So that was around the sort of what the Cass Spencer, Jenny Sutton. This is around two thousand six, two thousand seven time. Right. Yeah. 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 Georgia Stevens, that kind of. Well, actually, I first met S. Gray in. 2003, I went South Africa tour, and she basically was pulled aside and was given a warning because of how hard and aggressive she was that she was basically injuring everybody. What? During a game? No, no, in training. Oh, training. So we hadn't even played yet. We got to South Africa, it was like the first or second um, training session, 
and she would just run into everything with her forearms and elbows, like fierce competitor all the time, every time. I mean, she probably only lasted about 40 minutes a game, but she went hell for leather. Wow. There you yeah. are. Ness, Ness Gray. Um, and sandwiched in between those two uh, props. <sighs> this was tough, but I went for Amy Garnett. Um, unbelievable thrower of the ball. And again, so narky around the pitch. You do not want to be playing against her ever. You always want her on your team. Um, you know, fond memories of her, you know, <laughs> just taking people on no matter where they've come from, what they've done, who they are, what age they are. She would always lay down the line. Um, and fortunately, I never had to play against her. Did you not? You never played against her? No, I played with her at Zari's. Ah, uh-huh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So Rachel Burford's all-time England 15, not currently playing England players, lots of stipulations to not upset anyone. Uh, number one, Rochelle Rocky Clark. Uh, Ness Gray was your tight head. And Amy Garnett was the hooker. Yeah, and what I also did is I wrote down the clubs that they were at when, um, at the time when I was playing either with or um, at England or club. And Rocky was at Worcester, Amy Garner was at Surrey's, and Ness Gray was at Wasp. So I've done that for the rest of them. So I also share that part. So it's interesting some of the clubs that were around and now no longer around. Yeah. Or they've moved on as well. Yeah, absolutely. Can I guess one of your second rows, please? Go on then. Gemma Gilchrist. Yes. Cute. Jeremy Gilchrist. <laughs> uh, well, it was, t- it was, um, see, I've got another team as well next to it. So I've got like A and B. No. So it's between Jeremy Gilchrist and Becky Essex. Because Becky Essex was so hard. So hard. Honestly, you run into it, it's like running into a brick wall. Yeah, what she came on 2014 final, didn't she? Mm-hmm. On, the, on the bench. She was at Richmond. Uh, Can you guess who my five is? I don't know. Uh, from your early part of your career, Jenny Sutton. Have we got a Tamara Taylor in there? Have we got a Sonia Green? Rona Burfield? Um, close. I mean, I did have TJ down as one of the options because she's just such a, a fierce competitor. Like, she was probably one of the players that really drove standards of other play- people. Um, you, I was scared of her. It was kind of like, that's the authority she had when she was in a team. But I went for Jenny Lynn, um, played at Saracens with her, just an absolute workhorse. Um, and just... Just one of the greatest supporters. I think that's what I remember from me about her, just her looking after us. Um, and her work effort was just amazing. Uh, she had young kids at the time who would like, drive for hours to get to training. And it was just just somebody that I was like looking up to when I was young. Nice. Leftfield. When you say... Sarri's player again. One of the best supporters. I mean, she was actually a player, not just a supporter. Yeah, I mean, like, as in... We, you're so funny. Uh, who's your blind you side? Write all your own material. Yeah, uh, children's parties, My, bar mitzvahs, whatever you like. 
Um, so my back row is I've gone for Georgia Stevens, Georgia Stevens at six, and she's at Clifton. One of the most underrated players to ever play, um, and one of the softest souls off the pitch. Um, loved loved my time playing uh, with Georgia. Um, just one of the sweetest souls, but so hard on the pitch, like kind of like. Um, Brutal. Like crazy strength. Yeah, hmm? she's brutal. Yeah, like just like gorilla strength. She's so strong, so dynamic, would do all the dirty work. Um, and that's probably, that's always a good sign of a six. If you don't see it much, you know that their head's in rucks from ruck to ruck. And that was kind of um, what she delivered for um, for England at the time. And it's probably what put Maggie Alfonsi really on the page was the fact that she could run around Rome a lot more than because Georgia was always got her head in a, in the bottom of a ruck. Um, and then, but then I did also have Shannon Baker, who was an awesome player. Um, loved playing alongside her. Um, but yeah, Georgia Stevens gets a nod there. My seven, oh, this was tough because me. I had, I have two names down. I've got Helen Clayton and I've got Maggie Alfonsi. And, Maggie is Maggie, you know, she she was an unbelievable player um, and really probably was the first player to really put the game on the on the map for us. And, um, but having said that, she only got to be as competitive and pushed as far as she was, was because of Helen and because of, her, well, we all call her Rob, but um, Helen was mo- the most extraordinary individual and player. She just was so hardworking and would just put her body on the line every training session, every um, game. She didn't care how she came out as long as she gave 100% for the team. And I just remember what she does, um, you know, not just the playing side of it, but off the pitch as well. It's, she's just, again, a bit like um, Jenny Lynn, just the player that would put her arm around you and tell you that it's all right or support you or lift you up or give you words of advice and mentorship. So for me, Helen Clayton. Wow. Well, Georgia Stevens uh, was Catherine Spencer's uh, six and Helen Clayton was her reserve back row. So uh, yeah, in around that, that, that time, who makes up your back row then? So could have put Burns in here. Um, Sarah Bill was also down on my list. Not many people remember Sarah Bill, one of the most dangerous people at the back of the scrum. Um, but I never played with Jill Burns, remember? I know you're looking at me shocked. Um, but I put Claire Frost down. G <laughs> Burns, yep. I've just written down G Burns. Um, <laughs> um, hey, Jill Burns is my coach. As you like me now, eh? Yeah, see? Then my number nine and ten, this was hard because I really wanted to put Yappy down, but my my heart and my gut wanted to go with Amy Turner. She's just one of the, the most diverse number nines there has ever been. And I used to love the fact that she would just rock up on a pitch and completely blow people's expectations away. And I think she was the first kind of real in that kind of era that had it all. She could kick, she could run, she could pass. Um, so for me, Amy Turner. 
At nine? Um, not two. At nine, yep. She did, no. try, she did try to move to two, couldn't she? At 12. And, yeah, she finished her England career at two. Uh, yeah. She, I think she got two or three caps there playing hooker. She did. Um, yeah, um, wonderfully my, skillful person. Yeah, yeah. My number 10 is Shelley Ray, who played at Wasps. And actually, Amy Turner was playing at Wasps at that time as well. And Frost, um, where was Frost playing? Number eight. She was playing at Surrey's. Okay. Uh, Shelley Ray, sorry, yep. Yep, Shelley Ray, I think she was one of the first players that was actually, that we actually looked up to her as a role model. Like, I remember me and Amy having, like, discussing it when we were, like, 16. Um, being like, oh, my God, we want to be, like, um, Shelley one day. Um, and I think Shelley was kind of the first female to really put kick in. I know it's uh, Karen Andrews and Karen Almond as well, but from kind of a coverage perspective and knowing more about women's rugby, like we knew that about Shelley Ray, that she was the biggest kicking threat in the game. Um, and the way that she could run a game, she, she reminds me of how um, Danny Cipriani plays, just loads of time on the ball, looks really effortless. Um, so she made my number 10. Uh, let's go to, let's go to centres, shall we? Um, always interesting to know if you've picked yourself. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't pick myself. I picked Selena Rudge at 12. Um, if there was one player that I would not want to play against in opposite number of 12, it would be um, Selena Rudge. She is so hard, so tough, so talented, um, yet was just one of the most chilled people ever. Um, and but she obviously went to hooker as well, so that's where I was on the arm whether I'd have her at hooker. Um, but I put her in the centres because the damage that she can do carrying the ball, her soft little hands. I mean, she wasn't a big like wide distributor. Um, she was more of like a, a run to the line, suck three players in, and then offload to somebody, um, or offload out the back of a tackle because she was just so hard to bring down. Yeah, didn't like playing against her, and you would. In England training, if you're like, right, get into groups or get into pairs, we're going to do some tackling or whatever, you would go near her. You would try and avoid her for sure. One of those, quickly run, hide, don't make eye contact. But she was one of those ones that would push you though. So she'd be like, no, come here, kid, come here. I'm going to teach you what I know type players as well. So really good um, sob on her. Um, and then my 13 is Sue Day. And the reason I put Sue Day in at 13 was because she, in her prime, was one of the most elegant runners. And we used to, we used to make a joke about it. It would be like, go well, jog on Daisy, because it just used to look like she was jogging, but she was just like gliding um, along the, the grass and just making it look so effortless, always run really good arcs. And the other reason I put her in here, because um, in 2006, when I got my second cap, was in a semi-final um, against Canada. And we were, I think we were like... We must have been down, losing, I think, at this point. And we're in the 22 and we're under pressure. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in a semi-final, and we're going to lose. It's going to seem like my fault. And just the calmness, she just looked at me and was like, relax. It's going to be okay. We know what we need to do. And bear in mind, she had been subbed on because she was actually being rested, I think, for the game. And... um. She had come on and was just literally so calm, so collected. We managed to score and get over the line. 
um, and just get ahead of them in the result as at that moment in time. So just for that kind of, and I played with her at sevens as well, and just that calm nature about her just settles the entire back line. Yeah, very assured Lady, yeah, seamless in the, in the commentary box. Worked worked alongside had the privilege of working alongside Daisy for for many years. Yeah, like you, just a very. It's not not many of them around. I, Michael Liner is another one for me. Just oozes class, and I don't mean in a in a in a brass showy off way, but just everything they do is just classy. And and Daisy is 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 very much like that. Similar mould for me. So uh, yeah, Selena Rudge, Sue Day in your centres. Your... I think Selena was playing at Clifton at the time. I know that she did play a bit at um, Richmond as well, I think. But um, I remember she used to play at Clifton, sure. Understood. So you're back three then, please, Rachel Burford. Um, so I went for number 11, Kim Shaler. The reason I picked Kim Shaler um, was because going back to that 2006 final, uh, semi-final sorry, against Canada... So as I said, Daisy's calming down. We've managed to score. Now we're ahead. There's like seconds to play in the game. And all of a sudden, um, Hannah Moyes, I think her name is, from Canada. She's like a bobslayer. Heather Moyes gets the ball and starts belting it down um, the wing. She gets on the outside of us. This is to win the game. And Kim Shader is on the other wing. And comes out of nowhere. And I mean nowhere. She's just done like a 95-meter sprint diagonally, inches away from the try line, and does a try-saving tackle in the dying moments of an 80-minute match to secure us to get into um, the World Cup final. And for me, big game player. But like, and I think the reason why she was like that was because off the pitch, she was so like, it's just rugby. Like, I can switch on and off. And when she bought it, she absolutely bought it. So Kim Shaler for me. Kim Shaler, there you are. Great memory. It's almost like we were there, Berth. Love that. Uh, who, who's 14? Um, I went, so I was, oh, I went, oh, I cat merchant down. Uh, but again, I was kind of trying to go back a little bit further. And the handoff, you mean? Dig up some old names. Cat the handoff. Oh, yeah. Oh. Ming in. Playing against Cat, the hardest person, one of the hardest people to tackle. However, I didn't put her. In. <laughs> I put um, I put Emily Felton. Now Emily Felton played at Richmond, um, and one of the loveliest people ever. Really sweet person, really you know, lovable teammate to have around. But I don't think there's a player that's ever been as fast as her. And I'll tell you a story about when we had England testing. This kind of tells you how quick she was. So at testing, we'd have to do um, what's called an anaerobic shuttle. And you run out five metres back, 10 metres back, 15 back, 20 back, 25 back. And you you had um, 30 seconds to go as fast as you could. And you do six reps of those. So 30 on, rest 30 seconds, go again six times. And Emily used to just jog for five reps, just literally just trot. And then on the last one, she would absolutely fly. And so as it's happening, obviously all your meters are getting added up on each rep. And you always wanted to get around 720, 725, anything above that, like you're seriously fit and fast. And um, she used to just probably average about 80 on the first 
five and then just blow it away on the last one just from her pure speed and I remember her saying to me Beth there's only there's only two speeds that I have full pelt or not at all (laughs) (laughs) so she's made it into my number 14 and my fullback I I was taught I was torn a little bit between these two and a bit of another blast from part was um Charlotte Barris yeah, um, played England wing and fullback. Uh, again, one of the toughest um, competitors. Really strong in the contact area. Um, yeah, just, but she was so funny off the pitch as well. But I couldn't look um, any further than Nolly. Really, Nolly Waterman, uh, the hottest stepper probably in women's rugby. Um, you know, can make something out of nothing. Um, and has at times, you know, saved saved a hell of a lot of um, tries in the backfield. So, yeah, it was a toy between those two, but um, Nolly Waterman got it for me. So you went for the dancing feet of uh, of Waterman rather than the power of Charlotte Barris. Yes, that's right. Happy with the balance of your back three. I'm not really looking into that too much. <laughs> this is just this is just a, a list. We're not playing anyone. We're just putting it in a list together and saying, you guys are awesome. You say that, we could get the band back together. Oh, do you know what? Half this lot would absolutely bite your arm off to do something like that. They would, wouldn't they? I I remember we took Amy Garnett to um, Dubai Sevens. I can't remember what year it was now. And she was just desperate to keep playing, desperate to get on the pitch. Oh, that's another story, but I really want to share it with you. We had a, a really young team in Dubai. We're half young and half old. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> got excited. Is that it? Is that all the story you're going to tell us? No. No, but your face was like, shut up. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So we're in the final in Dubai 7s. It's the Invitational because um, they didn't have the International back then. And we had a young front row on, or front row in 7s. And uh, on the sideline, we had Amy Garnett. Rocky Clark and Joan Gilchrist and um, and we had a couple of young kids we were like what route should we go and we were like we just put all the old girls on and like I don't know probably like 100 to 180 caps between them they come on to a scrum and they just run over this poor French pack as one of the best I mean that's all they did in the rest of the game but it was just one of the most incredible things seeing those guys run on it's just amazing. Yeah, Dubai Sevens had never seen a six six person more for uh, for thirteen and a half minutes before until that point. Um, <laughs> what about your management for this uh, all time England not playing played against but didn't play against <laughs> stay in but go to work don't go to work leave the house but don't leave the house fifteen. <laughs> so I had Jamman as our manager. Jeanette Shaw, Good. absolute legend. Why are you, man? Just, yeah, just, I don't know, it's just the way that she supports the whole team and has every player's back is just amazing. Um, Jill Burns as our um, forwards coach, and then I put Giselle Maida as our backs coach. I didn't have a head coach. I just had a forwards and a backs Johnny, your walk boy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. No, I'm quite happy to commentate on the game actually. Um, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna give you. 
I'm going to give you a head coach. Okay. G Street. There we are. It's complete. Gary Street. So births, all-time England 15, with loads of caveats, which we've been through already. Um, number one, Lou said, Rocky Clark. Number two, Amy Garnett. Number three, Ness Gray. Number four, Joe McGilchrist in that second row with Jenny Lynn. Uh, Georgia Stevens is at six with Helen Clayton and Claire Frost. A halfback pairing of Amy Turner and Shelley Ray. Centres, Selena Rudge and Sue Day. And a back three of Kim Shaler, Emily Felton and Danielle Nolly Waterman. And a management team of Jeanette Shaw, Jill Burns, Giselle Mather and Gary Street. Yeah, some really fascinating fascinating names. Why don't we get you to think about doing a sevens team as well? Or perhaps an all-time Ooh. world 15 from around the globe. Uh, that's been that's been great fun. Question on my sevens team. Is it just my starting seven or is it the 12? I think with sevens, you should probably pick a squad. Of 12. Okay. That, yeah, I like that. What more Richardson there you are? There's a couple already. Good stuff. So, yeah, perhaps, uh, I don't know, a few weeks' time, we will yeah, let's do it. get you to to do that. And, uh, yeah, perhaps we'll get a sevens guest on as well. So let's uh, round things up then, uh, Berth, with a few shout-outs. Um, must just uh, give a shout-out to Sue Anstis, friend of the pod. She's got a new book uh, or hopefully getting a, a new book out there. Game On, The Unstoppable Rise of Women's Sport. It's being crowdfunded on un, uh, Unbound Publishers, uh, I believe, the same as uh, Mudmore and Mascara from Catherine Spencer. So if you do have uh, a little bit of spare cash and wanted to give uh, give Sue some support within that, then uh, do find that through crowdfunding. Sue adds this or The Unbound uh, Publishers as well rugby Kobieti ksb sports club in poland has started following us big shout hey, out to you smash. what did i say there johnny let's get on the smash <laughs> you, close. you said but welcome close. you said welcome in polish no i said hello how are you oh super well, yeah welcome on board and a new area, oh, I'm not sure it's a new area, um, but uh, yeah, a couple of followers from UAE have, uh, have jumped on board as well. So yeah, yeah, thank you very much for for all of you, um, for your comments on iTunes, for your ratings. Uh, really, really appreciate them. It does make a difference to, to us here. Um, if people do rate uh, and pop pop in a little five star. That's all we'll accept, obviously. Ha ha ha. But it does make a big difference to to us um, as we we are trying to take the sort of pod to to the next level uh, and move it into even wider circles to to keep informing the women and girls rugby community globally. Uh, and those kind of things really do make a, a difference to to sponsorship and that kind of stuff. So uh, yes, please keep rating, please keep sharing, please keep your support going. Berth, as ever, it's been a pleasure, and of course, keep heeding to the uh, to the government warnings. Um, lockdown pod will continue uh, next week, uh, as we say, we're a little bit up in the air as to who we got on next week. It might be Nicky Ponsford, it might be the Beaumont, 
like the Adjit Ruggiero. So three very big, big heavy hitters uh, in there for next week. So we will be here, of course. And don't forget to check out Sarah Hunter, the current Red Roses captain, her all-time World 15. That's coming at you uh, Sunday morning. So do enjoy that in bed with a cup of coffee. Stay safe, stay communicating, and stay well. Until next time.